With a look back over the weekend sports action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Cho. Yes, it is full time on KCLR with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all keeping well on this Monday evening. I know it's wet and miserable out there, uh, but uh, lots of sport to keep you company and to chat about over the next hour between now and seven o'clock. If you do have any thoughts or opinions on any of the sporting events that took place over the weekend, do get in touch with us on the Dinners Ready contact line. It's 0833069696. That's 083306 Now you might ask, what do we have coming up on the show today? Well, we have a jam-packed show. Uh, I'm going to be talking uh, about Ireland's first gymnastics world champion, Rhys McLenaghan, uh, with Sharon Doyle from the Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy. What an achievement that was from uh, from Rhys McLenaghan there from County Down. Looking forward to that chat. That's coming up later on in the show. Uh, We're also going to be uh, hearing from Ladies Hope Football uh, royalty, it has to be said, superstar herself, Cora Staunton. I caught up with her during the week. Uh, she's over in Sydney, of course, playing AFL. But I really had a, a lovely conversation with Cora during the week. So that's coming up in part two of the show. And lots, lots more uh, coming up between now and seven o'clock as well. But as you'll know by now, the Irish rugby team pulled off a huge feat over the weekend by beating world champion South Africa on Saturday in the Aviva State. And to discuss this and more, I'm joined on the line now by former Carlo Rugby president um, and Knock On podcast co-host as well, Tom Crotty. Tom, uh, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Sinead. How are you keeping? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Happy good, good. Weekend sports. I'm, I'm sure you are. Yeah, lots happening on the local front. And uh, of course, huge win there for Ireland as well. But maybe just to start off with uh, local matters, a uh, big win there for Carlo uh, RFC there over Dundalk at the weekend. Yeah, we were absolutely thrilled. We had a fantastic performance against Dundalk. We hadn't played Dundalk in a long time. They had come down from Division 1A this season and... Um, we were kind of wary of them because they they were coming off the back of a loss against Mullingar and uh, they have a huge pack. It's a very, very big team. But um, the lads played probably the best, the best game of rugby they've played so far this season. Um, we went, ended up winning uh, 15 points to 17 with eight tries. Um, and a lot of those were back tries as well, which was great. Um, we had... Um, Pack was pack were fucking uh, pack were phenomenal at the um, at the weekend. Um, huge performances by uh, John Lyons, Paddy Mackey, and our captain Owen Edgehill. Um, our stalwart at fullback Richie Weiss. You know, the, the elder Lemon and the team had a, had a fantastic game. Getting five, I think, got five out of the eight conversions. And um, oh, look, we're delighted to be in this position. We're now we're top of the league, but I mean, if we've a lot of tough games to come, but. Uh, We'll take each to each game as it is at the moment. The club is in a good place, and uh, we're just trying to. It's not an easy. It's a very, very tough league. With there's there's really four teams now in contention for the league. Um, ourselves, Atai, Wicklow, and uh, our local rivalry, Tullo. So each, as I say, each game, each game comes. But we were delighted with the win. Yeah, and like wins are so important. I, I know you mentioned there the the competition in in the league that you're in. Um, so wins this time of year really are important, aren't they, Tom? Because it can drastically impact your position on the table. Well, hugely. Like it's every every point counts, and um, 
I mean, even looking at it high, had a had a, even though they lost to Mitro, they came away with two bonus points as well, which kind of keeps keeps them in keeps them well in tow. Um, you know, I know leagues aren't won before Christmas, but it goes a long way to you know to getting there. And as, as we were to look to try and get in the top two, and we really are looking to to get to if we can win the league and get promotion is really what our goal is this season but we need to be in the top two to, to get that you know to even to get in second place for a playoff so each every point counts and, and as we were fighting to get um, to get the points difference up we were looking at the difference in points during the game from the Fisher and the, and the Wicklow tie match and uh, look we got we just have a better points difference at home mm. but that's how close that's how close it is like yeah. you know yeah. yeah you mentioned Tullo there as well I know you mentioned him as your as your rivals but uh, they put in an impressive display there against Longford as well so good weekend all around for Carlo teams yeah they had they, they a very very good win um, against Longford um, I think it didn't they were kind of long we were I talking to Johnny Tobin and those they were still kind of they felt you know they should be there's look Tullow were very strong this year um, probably would be hoping that, that they would have got the win anyway but um, Longford were coming on the back after losing to us and they had three that's three games or four games on the front after losing so you can always you have to be very wary of teams you know coming off the back of a loss but it look it's a great result for them too yeah, definitely. Uh, Tom, if you don't mind, just stick with us just for a, a few seconds. Just going to take a really quick ad break. We've chatted yeah, all no things local there, but uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about the big win for Ireland um, just after this quick ad break as well. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Hyo. Now, I am still joined on the line by Tom Crotty from Carlo RFC, turning our attention now uh, to the Ireland squad. Uh, Tom, uh, an amazing victory there uh, for Ireland at the weekend. Was it something that you were expecting? Well, we always knew it was going to be tight, and, and especially when you're... Uh, so there was a lot of expectation on Ireland in, in, in so many ways, because one, OK, one, we are, we are playing the... The number one team in the world when it, you know they are world champions and uh, at the end of the day it doesn't matter we we're ranked number one but uh, as Johnny Sexton said we haven't won anything yet you know you're, you're looking at you're playing the world champions South Africa has done there has done that and and came to town with uh, with a really really strong side so I mean it was, we hadn't played since the summer and we're coming off I know we came off the bat with a fantastic series win down in New Zealand but I think to turn it around and to give the performance that they gave um, on Saturday was absolutely unbelievable Yeah and Tom like you mentioned there Johnny Sexton's uh, comments you know quite soon after uh, the victory over South Africa he was he was quick to say look we haven't actually won uh, like we, we haven't uh, won really anything yet okay we might have the um, the, the uh, triple crown but like we don't have the six nations or uh, anything like that yet so um, are we, uh, we have to be careful not to get too far ahead of ourselves I think yeah well I, I think this time we went out I know that it's great to be called to be ranked number one but I mean we have only won uh, three Grand Slams in total, so Ireland has a long way to go as far as you know to, to prove themselves trophy-wise. And but it, we are building really, really well coming into the coming into the World Cup next year. Um, 
we need to win these games and continue winning these games. Um, I thought, speaking of Johnny, like he had a, he had a fantastic game, a couple of poor passes earlier on, but you really need to have him have him firing the way he was because he takes the ball right to the line and, and brings yeah, brings out a, brings the whole team to really gel that whole whole team together. Like we only had forty five percent of the possession, which is you know, and which was unbelievable to. Uh, to compete against South Africa, and but we're, within that, like we had fifty percent of the territory, you know, and we were fifty percent of the territory in the, in the South African territory. Um, so, like, uh, we're exactly where we want to be um, at this stage. We played some absolutely fantastic rugby, um, and I think the fact that we play. The, I think the greatest advantage to us at the moment is the fact that the South Africans are in the URC because now they're used to the physicality other years I think we would have it would have been a different story um, because we wouldn't you know you're not, you wouldn't be used to playing um, the physicality that South Africa bring I mean, they're a huge 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 forward pack even looking at the, the difference in the weights between the two teams but I think the fact now that we're, we're you know they're, they're playing and we can be counting each of the Irish teams are, are getting used to playing that it's not as it's not as daunting a task as when you come to meet them in, in, in a game like it was on Saturday. And Tom, the turning point in the game seemed to occur when uh, Gibson Park uh, came on to replace Conor Murray. He was extraordinary altogether. It was sad to see Conor Murray going off, but when he when he, when uh, Gibson Park came on, it just changed the game, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel I, I, I felt a bit uh, well. It's really sorry for Conor Murray, but it gives it gives him cards. Kind of gives he will give you a lot faster, a lot faster ball than than, than Conor will give, and, and he did uh, change the game, change the game to a just quick ball, and, and I think that's what the South Africans couldn't handle. Eventually, you know, we found because they had a real rush defence and when you have a rush defence like that they like to they come up you saw the, the tackles that Matimpi made and, and Balakum and those like it, they opened them up but the fact is that when Gibson Park mum we also started to re, we also started to figure out where to, where, where to attack when they're, when they're rushing up if the team rushes up like that there is gaps and, and Ireland in fairness spotted those gaps after in the second half especially um, when you were I presume from the team talk inside in the dressing room they knew where to where to attack in the second half and and Tom uh, just on that then like Conor Murray now has been ruled out of Ireland's remain in nation series games against Fiji um, next Saturday and Australia but do you think uh, Gibson Park would have been the first choice given his performance at the weekend at scrum half anyway I think so. I think, especially coming into the Australia, Australia is a different, a different, um, a different style of team altogether. If you watch, like uh, anybody who watched the the French Australian game, they play an awful lot faster game and more similar, similar to ourselves. So, I mean, to compete with that, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have quick ball. And uh, I think Gibson Park definitely would start the Australian game. I don't know, but Fiji is always going to be a tester from. I'm presuming that they will give different people different people a chance. Now he might get the, he might get the start on Saturday because he needs game time. Um, that's the only that's the only thing. But uh, he definitely has to start for will be starting for for Australia. And in fairness, all the replacements that's you know that were that were that were made there on uh, on Saturday slotted in fairly seamlessly, which I think is something Andy Farrell must be particularly pleased with. Well, I think any coach would be delighted the lads that were coming on. Jimmy O'Brien, I mean, Jimmy O'Brien was outstanding. First of all, I know he has played, he has played at centre, but 
he hasn't played at international centre and to come on and be thrown in the deep end like that so early in the game I really felt sorry for poor Stuart McCluskey because like, he was having a good game and you know he he has been playing well lately and really deserved his chance but um, Jimmy O'Brien was just phenomenal to come into that but to come in there as a young fella and just play you know he, it was, there's no fear just, just go out and play rugby and he, he, he's extremely good um, Finley beat him too like to come in he's not the biggest tight head in the world but I mean he did he did well to you know against the South Africans so um I think just uh, I think that some of those guys will probably get a bit of a run next week. Hopefully, we get to see more more um, more guys getting a bit of a run on on, on Saturday against Fiji. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Just to, just just to, to ask your opinion on on South Africa then as well. Like, where do you think it, it went wrong for them? Their their kicking seemed to let them down a lot, Tom. Yeah, they're. they're I think. Well, I think that the biggest problem they have is. is um, their 10 is missing uh, Andre Pollard is normally their 10 and uh, I think he's slightly better will be definitely a far better uh, ki- kicking game has a, a far better kicking game and so that gives as they kind of conciliated a bit better when uh, when they changed their full back as well um, that made a huge difference to them so that when they were coming back in the second half I think they will be stronger with those two players starting uh, especially Pollard starting at 10 he needs to start at 10 um, I think um, I don't think they're out half on Saturday really I don't think his kicking came out very good um, and I also think the change has come half they, they, they had a much better much better second half of, uh, second half against us and I think the longer the game had done you know they were coming they were getting stronger and stronger they're never going to go away like South Africans just they have a game plan they're a massive pack and um, they have backs that do, can do serious damage When, they, but I think on Saturday I think their downfall probably was a 10 I don't think he's good enough to be I don't think he's good enough at that level to um, you know to, to compete with the top three teams or four teams in the world yeah, well, thankfully it all went our way um, on on Saturday, and as I said, looking forward to that game against Fiji. Uh, Tom, uh, pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much Thanks for coming on and, and chatting no rugby with us. But um, yeah, we'll we'll chat to you again very soon. All things rugby. Lovely. Thanks so much, Thanks Tom. Much, Talk to you. you soon. That was uh, Tom Crotty there from Carlo RFC. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the ad break, you're going to be hearing from uh, Cora Staunton, who I caught up with during the week. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, I mentioned just before the break that uh, you were going to be hearing from Gaelic football, ladies Gaelic football superstar, uh, Cora Staunton. I was delighted to be able to catch up with her during the week. She is, of course, the four-time All-Ireland winner with Mayo, the 11-time All-Star, but she's actually been making quite a name for herself over in Australia. She's been five years over uh, in Sydney playing AFL, and recently she played her 50th AFL game and um, I caught up with Cora during the week to talk all things Australian Football League and Gaelic football. There's There's been a lot of attention around the 50th uh, AFL game yeah. um, 
but yeah, yeah. They, they love to, they love their milestones over here so yeah actually I heard you saying that in an interview during the week um, it's funny isn't it the way in, in Australia that they count kind of the number of games whereas over here it's yeah. more that you remember the significant games that you won you know or the memorable yeah, ones yeah. maybe that you played with family or something like that but yeah they seem to count um, like you know the, the yeah, figure because yeah, they're always asking they're always asking over here oh, how many games would you play like at home I was like oh god I have no idea between club and county over my career probably 500 600 wow yeah <laughs> I know and it's probably the first time you even uh, considered it is when they yeah, asked I was only trying, me and Braden trying to work it out we're like oh yeah we probably normally play like depending on league probably seven games in the league and then if you make quarters and semis and finals maybe ten um, with Mayo and then a couple of championship games so you could play an average 14 games at Mayo depending on and then then in your club between league and championship you could play another 14 do you know so depending on we were kind of rough, roughing it off probably 20 games in the, in, the, in the season between club and county which you probably end up actually playing more I know you'd have to get the notebook out and do the maths. No, I wouldn't have a clue. Jesus, I wouldn't have a clue. God, no, I wouldn't. Jesus, I don't know. Like I even know when I go home, when I was home the last few years, going over and back with club. Like I was playing in a Memorial League, an Ormond League, and then in Championship. Do you know where? Just yeah, I was ended up playing even when I went home for a few months. I ended up playing about twelve or thirteen games, and that was only in a few months. Um, so. I, I know trying to work it all out, but um, I know yeah. you were you were saying as well that what would have been a lot more meaningful for you uh, would have been to finish the season on a high, um, and you did that actually at the weekend. So I'm sure that that's that's something that you were pleased with to get that win over Gold Coast. Yeah, I think it's really important. Obviously, it's been a very up and down season for us, um, performance-wise. You know, we probably wouldn't have been, um, ex- you know, we'd expected a lot of uh, more out of ourselves. Probably hope to make finals, but um, yeah, we were just, you know, not making excuses. But it's very much over here. We're decimated by injuries. We probably had, you know, by the end of the season, probably seven to eight girls that you know would be on your first team um, out between ACLs and hamstring injuries, uh, injuries, concussion, stress fractures. So yeah, we after round two, um, we qu- quite badly decimated. So yeah, it was it was really disappointing. And I suppose the biggest thing over here is the gap beca- between kind of the best teams and and the and the rest is it's it's probably widening, which is which is a worry. But yeah, fr- from a club point of view and, and moving forward, it was really important to kind of finish your season on a high because you know you have such a long break now and you have a, a long pre-season um, going into the going into the next season. Yeah, and Cora, just when you mentioned about injuries, um, I know that you have actually suffered a lot of injuries as well yourself. Yeah, I broke my nose um, in round two against Brisbane um, and I um, played the following week um, in round three and then I had surgery directly after round three. Um, And then, yeah, I managed just to play out the year with it, even though now I shouldn't have. I had to play um, round four um, with two um, tubes up my nose. so that that was quite difficult. Um, so yeah, I had had surgery on that after round three, and and then actually in in round three, um, in the first minute of the match, um, I broke yeah I broke my thumb quite badly. So um, yeah, surgery was needed on that too. Um, after I had X-rays, but um, yeah, no, I decided against if I had surgery on my thumb, I probably wouldn't have got back for the last round. 
Um, so yeah, um, that was that's been an ongoing thing. I've been f- trying to manage all year. Um, I've had to have it extrayed every, after every game to make sure the fracture hasn't got any worse because obviously they were worried that it could do. So um, yeah, possibly, possibly, um, possible surgery to have on that to come. Um, just wait and see. Um, the specialist kind of. Um, the, the end of this week to see see what the story is um, but yeah I don't have any movement in my thumb um, since probably round three so I've been wearing wearing a brace for, for every game um, just how we wouldn't move the fracture anymore so yeah injuries are all parts of the game I've had a, quite yeah. a few over here but yeah I've been lucky I've managed to kind of play every game um, thankfully but yeah I suppose that's more more down to my stubbornness and um, the medical team are willing to, li- to will- willing to listen to me so yeah I've been lucky enough in that regard Yeah and I'm sure like you know we always when we're, whenever we're, we're speaking to um, Gaelic footballers uh, that have gone over to play um, AFL it's it's always something that comes up comparing you know Gaelic football ladies Gaelic football and uh, the sport over there but uh, there's lots of differences but that does seem to be a big thing that comes up just the prevalence of of injuries yeah I think you have to kind of look at it because the season season is so condensed so you know you play over 10 weeks and then if you make finals you possibly could have another three to four games depending on how far you go into finals but like you're playing week in week out it's it's a little bit different to home you know if you play a championship match you might play you might have two to three weeks bet- between matches um, and and you know that's probably very difficult because you know sometimes we might have five days between matches sometimes you could have seven um, you know the max you probably have is eight but that doesn't really happen so the turnaround is very short then you're also um, you know traveling around Australia so you're, you know you're flying whether it's to Perth or Adelaide or Melbourne or wherever it might be Brisbane um, you know that all kind of takes its toll and then I suppose it's the combative nature of the game as well the, the game is quite quite a lot more physical than Gaelic football obviously with the tackle um, so yeah there, there's obviously a higher rate of injuries as well from that because of the combative nature of the game so it's, it, it all adds into it yeah but even right throughout the competition not just in our own team there's the the number of injuries this season are, is quite um, quite high and I suppose that's based on a couple of reasons because we've now put in two seasons in one because of the change of the season you know we only finished um, season uh, six um, kind of the end of March early April and then season seven um, started um, late August so girls have played a lot of games and had a lot of two pre-seasons and one and all of that so I think that's that's probably why but if you're to compare it to Gaelic football to me the biggest thing it's just a more combative game it's you know it's kind of kind of mixture between Gaelic football rugby and soccer you know you have that high speed running but also you have the, the tackle and you have a lot of contest work so yeah it's it's certainly Gaelic football and probably doesn't have that, that contest and I say that's probably the main reason um, why there's probably a little less injuries in Gaelic football Yeah and how did you find because I was speaking to Dara Joyce um, a couple of months back he's a Kilkenny man and the station is based yeah. here uh, in Kilkenny and you know he was talking about even going over and even just getting used to the different shaped ball and all of those little things. Um, how long did it take you, Cora, to really just kind of settle into all of those, um, all all of those kind of smaller differences? 
yeah I think it takes quite a long time like you know I'd even say now there'd be still things that you'd be a bit unsure about and, and that's probably not on the field as in the skills and stuff but from a point of view of even structure and how the game plans and stuff and how they play the game there, there's so much into that and maybe how other areas of the of the pitch are played like you know how a winger plays and I know my role and I know my role inside out and the role of the of the forward line but maybe to know what everyone else is doing on, on the pitch it's, it's probably unless you play in that position you're not really get going to get to know it um, but yeah the, the things like learning the skills and, and the physicality of the game and all of that I suppose I was lucky enough before I come over I had a couple of years playing rugby so the physicality didn't really bother me to be honest but that was because I had played rugby but yeah certainly the skills wise and the shape of the game or shape of the ball and stuff yeah um, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get used to used to that um, especially when you're coming from um, a round ball but yeah it, it definitely took me at least a season to, to to get it right I had a very short pre-season the first year I came over because I was in we got to the club final with Karen Akun so um, yeah probably when, when I went home that off season you know I did a um, some work on my own at home and, and practice it's probably when, that's when I kind of developed my kicking style and knew exactly what I was doing but yeah it, it takes a lot of time it just takes a lot of extras and extra work you know on your own or with coaches on your own you know you're not going to get an, enough skills um, within the training that you do during the week so yeah unfortunately you just have to put in the extra work and, and you know like any competitive sports person you want to be good so you just you know you love you love doing the extras to try and make yourself better and you know that's what I've been kind of doing year in year out yeah and like you mentioned there when you first went over uh, I think it was in 2017 was it uh, Cora yeah. and then you yeah, started the 2000, 2018 season then so you've been quite a while uh, down under did you did you anticipate that you'd be there for as long as you have been there or, or what was the goal Yeah I, I don't think I had anything specifically in mind I kind of like always remember going over and again as I said it was on the back of us winning the club all Ireland we, I won, we won that on a Sunday and I was flying on a Tuesday Tuesday and to be honest it was a whirlwind I really hadn't while I'd signed to come over um, I really hadn't thought about it too much because we were so um, caught up in club championship and then it was only when I was sitting on the flight and obviously it's a lovely long flight on the way over I was kind of like oh my god what am I doing and yeah I didn't have no aspirations for how long it had last obviously I never expected it to last this this um, length of time obviously when I went out I was 35 so you know I didn't even know if I'd play a game or would I be any good or anything like that so yeah I suppose the first first kind of month I was out here I was really unsettled and you know, was, we're in the middle of summertime in Australia and the heat was a struggle, you know, it was 40 degrees here in Sydney. And yeah, I was, it was a struggle for the first while. Um, you know, I also went out with rib injury from, from the All-Ireland final. So um, yeah, it probably took me a couple of months to settle in. But I suppose once I played my first practice match and I did all right in it and I, and, you know, um, knew what I was doing to it for a little bit and, you know, I knew I could perform against the best that time. I kind of knew, okay, I'm going to be okay here. So, yeah, the more games you play then, you know, um, that's what helps you. The, the more games you play, the better you get. Like like any sport, the more practice you do. And, you know, that's what I did for, for, for you know, that that season and, and the following seasons to come. As I said earlier on, the, the, more, the more you practice, the more um, games you play at training and then the more actual games 
green the better you get at it and in you get used to it so yeah I don't think I had any real aspirations I certainly didn't think I'd be here for six seasons and playing 50 games or anything like that no um, and that kind of just has, you know, has happened where each year rolls into another and your body's um, still able to go around every other year so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like being that that's why I've approached it every year I approach it I you know have a have an off season and, and make a decision um, based on that whether you know I'll go again and I suppose every every season that I have made the decision my body has been in good shape and mm-hmm. you know bear in 2019 when I decided to um, smash my leg in a couple of places you know I've been lucky enough where I've been able to keep fish and, and train away Yeah and uh, you were also the first international uh, player to sign to the AFL uh, W um, and since then we've seen a lot of Irish girls travel over to Australia so that that must be uh, very heartening to see course the likes of Vicky Wall and um, you know the, the top talent from, from over here making the decision to, to follow in your footsteps I suppose Yeah um, I, I suppose I've been asked that a lot and people are like you know, do you see that? You know, are you honoured that you have kind of you know got them girls where they are? And I'm kind of like, I'm I'm still playing, so I don't really take much notice of that. But yeah, when you sit back and reflect that, you know, um, six seasons ago I was the only one here, and now there's there's 22 playing um, in this season. I think yeah, you have to look back and be proud that you know you've. Um, put a path in place for, for girls um, to now have an option to play professional sport and move the other side of the world yeah so now you know obviously um, there's so many games every weekend watching all the Irish girls I love watching them all or as many games as I can to watch them and see and it's the thing is not it's not just that they're out here they're actually you know majority of the Irish girls are achieving and doing well in their club so I think that's that's what you know makes me most proud that they're all doing very, very well out here and carving a career for themselves because you know I suppose that wasn't there um, six years ago and now you know from even talking to you know parents and, and girls at home I get a lot of people that contact me wanting to to make the, the move over and how, how can they go about it and you know these are girls maybe as young as you know 16, 17 that you know aren't even ready you know obviously have to be 18 or over to, to, to join the competition mm-hmm. but they have aspirations and girls even younger they have aspirations to come and play AFLW and I suppose you know that's you know I didn't have that opportunity when I was their age and it's great that it's there now and it's great to see the Irish achieving right throughout the league yeah, um, yeah, it's it's brilliant that they that they're seeing you over there and they think, God, maybe this is something that that I could do in the future. Um, Cora, I know you've been asked so much about what the future holds for you, uh, you know, over over the last couple of weeks. But I do know that you're going to be coming back to Ireland for um, for your first Christmas, I think, since 2016. So I, I'm sure you're very much looking forward to that. And look, that'll give you a lot more time as well to maybe reflect on on what the future does hold and for the first time in a long time too you're not being catapulted straight back into to club football or county football as well so a bit of time for, for some rest and relaxation when you do uh, get back home yeah yeah so I, I'll head home um, before Christmas um, yeah exactly I, as I said every year like I don't really make a decision until I go home because sometimes if you're here in Sydney and you make the decision you're, you're very much in a bubble because oh you know you're here sometimes you need to get away from, from you know um, Sydney and get away from the club to to make a balanced decision it's very hard to make one over here because everyone's obviously trying to convince you to stay um, but I think it's only when you go home and you know I, that's one thing that they probably struggle to realise when 
when I'm at home, I find it very hard to come back out again. Um, and um, that's a difficult, difficult thing. And obviously this season, I was only home for a couple of months and, and, and I was back out because of the two seasons in one. So, yeah, what I'll do is I'll go home. And as you said, this will be my first time in, in God knows how long that, you know, I won't have to go home and, and straight back into training and, and into club football. I'll actually have time to, to rest and see where the body's at and yeah you know the club are very good they let me make a decision um you know sometime after christmas um to see do you know i want to come back out um you know it is a longer pre-season or off season this year um you know the they're not due back into training i think till may or june so um you know i'll, I'll make a decision it's you know I, i'm not young anymore i understand that and i know I'm, i've been very blessed to to get as much out of my career as i did so yeah as i said I've, I've spoken to the club already we've had our exit meetings and you know they just said take your time make a decision um and yeah i'll probably make that sometime after christmas into the new year but yeah i'm certainly um just going to enjoy a bit of uh, rest and relaxation over the next couple of weeks um yeah and said enjoy christmas at home for the for the first time and yeah i think it's six or seven years so that'll be nice and you know i'll have plenty of people pulling out me i'm sure but yeah <laughs> yeah when i make my decision you know I, i'll make it i'll make it in the best interest of myself but also yeah. in the best interest of the giants as well and, and what it looks like for them moving forward definitely um well listen Cor, it's been it's been lovely chatting to you this morning and do enjoy your time when you um at home when when you do make your way back over to to mayo um yeah thanks so much for for taking the time and uh, we'll, we'll chat to you again soon no bother Sinead anytime that was a core staunt in there. What a pleasure it was speaking to Cora during the week. A fantastic career that she has had at home here in Ireland, but uh, over making waves over in Australia as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Sharon Doyle. She's the owner of Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy. We're going to be talking about the rise of gymnastics here in Ireland. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Uh, now, County Down man, you may have heard over the weekend, Reese McLenaghan uh, made history over the weekend when he became Ireland's first gymnastics world champion. Uh, so, huge achievement there. So, gymnastics definitely is on the rise and I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by the Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy um, owner, Sharon Doyle. Uh, Sharon, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Sinead. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Uh, Sharon, I, I just mentioned uh, Reese McLenaghan and his huge achievement there over the weekend. It's really hard to believe that he's the first uh, Irish um, gymnast that, uh, that that has won a world championship, but it, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. Um, but I think his star has been on the rise for quite a while, hasn't it? It has. And, you know, this is a game changer for Irish gymnastics. It's really showing all the young gymnasts that it's possible. It's possible to be Irish and get onto the world stage. Um, for Reese, I really think this was his chance to prove himself. Uh, for the past few years, everyone has known he was capable of doing this, um, but he hadn't quite been able to prove himself so far. Um, he made it to the finals of the Olympics in 2021, but unfortunately had a mistake and didn't get a medal. He went to Europeans then in just August, and again, he fell on the pommels and 
didn't make it through to the finals, um, which is quite shocking for him because he usually is one of the best there. And now he's world champion. I think it really shows all the young kids, like, never give up. You know you have to believe in yourself and it will finally come to you um, in its own time. And I think going forward now for the next Olympics and everything, he has this great bit of confidence under his belt and he's proven it. The pressure's off. He's done what he's been hoping to do for such a long time. He does and he has such great charisma as well. And as you said, uh, Sharon, he's he's not afraid to show, you know, the belief that he has in in himself. And uh, definitely, I think there's a, an Olympic gold for, for Reese in Paris, without a doubt. Um, but what does this do for the promotion of, of gymnastics? I know that you are passionate about it. You're the owner of the Gymnastics Academy, um, the Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy. What does it do for the promotion of the sport, do you think? Well, I think it's huge for the sport. Um, gymnastics is something that is really big in, in Ireland, but it's not something you tend to see in, on the TV in Ireland too much. Um, so for some people, they're not aware of how big a sport it is. Um, we just came from our national series championships at the weekend and there's almost 2,000 gymnasts competing in it from all over Ireland um, in Kilkenny itself um, we have gymnastics running from Monday to Saturday all day, every day um, and there's a huge amount of kids that want to come and do gymnastics uh, Reese has really helped bring boys into the sport, you know everyone's been seeing him and it's been on the news and it's fantastic that it's getting more attention and we have found we've had a lot more boys coming into gymnastics with us um, and it's nice for them as well like Kilkenny is such a big hurling county but that doesn't necessarily suit every boy um, and team sports isn't also for everybody so gymnastics is a nice way for to have a nice social interaction with other kids but it's also an individual sport and a team sport but without the pressure of um, you know that big team atmosphere that doesn't suit everyone um, with our boys we have some great little gymnasts coming up the line and uh, because of that we like we invested heavily over the summer in getting in some new men's equipment uh, into the gym and we were really lucky we actually got the rings and the pommel from the Rio Olympics and that's what our boys are training on now in the gym. That's that's absolutely amazing to hear that you know that this sport um, that they have Reese now to look up to and uh, to inspire them to, to get involved because you know we, we all have our different interests and uh, you know the GAA and the, the rugby and all of those sports they're not for everyone even though they are quite popular um, but listen it's been a pleasure talking to you today Sharon and we'll definitely have you on again to, to find out what's, what's going going on in uh, Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy but thanks so much for your time today thanks Sinead thanks very much Uh, that was Sharon Doyle there she is the owner of the Kilkenny Gymnastics Academy Uh, that's all for now I hope you uh, enjoyed the show coming up uh, next is Owen Carey for Fully Loaded I'll be back with you again next week from 6 o'clock for full time but for now look after yourselves and I will talk to you again very soon Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie.